you like to look at two dogs when they're stuck together? Confession. I'm a pretendian. Nay. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, this is uh, fucking sick, you know, and uh, tonight or today, whenever you're listening, uh, we're, we're joined with uh, two people from the uh, Little Chase. So introduce yourselves, Little Chase. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, my name is Antonio Ramirez or Antonio Ramirez, and I am one half of Little Chase. <laughs> I do more of the writing and um, uh, I'm on camera a lot. Yeah, Ramirez. Well, dang, this is the most political Navajo podcast. Eh? Get the fuck out of here. Dude. I'm a right. fan of you guys, bro. I'm I'm just here to listen. I want you guys to argue about stuff. You know? I never argue with Marley. Yeah. I always agree with him. We, we kiss and make hurt. up afterwards. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gets hurt for life, so I don't do it too much. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean to be honest wade you do have the voice of a council delegate that introduction i was like oh shit i'm in i'm 26 council right here no. dude yeah, i i hear weird. i've been hearing that for like 15 years it's like yeah, you, you got to do council it, wade mckinley Atikai, i am i'm told is a council delegate name yep yep i can see you on the council delegate like posters that they have is that like you stand to the side like that wearing like your your cowboy hat i can see it oh man i have one in here I would say when I become an attorney, he's gonna be <laughs> hanging up in my in my office, waiting. Yeah, to jacket too. <laughs> my whole network is just gonna be people I met in bars. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? 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 What area would it be? Uh, I mean, in ideally, Algeto, Monument Valley. Okay, but I currently don't reside there. I currently like am associated with uh, Fort Defiance. Oh. Is that through which like, I'm wait, what's that? How, how are you associated with Fort Defiance? In law, uh, it's, it's just where I it's just where I live. Uh, uh, I just lived my whole life there. But my dad actually was uh the chapter president for Algeta for a number of years. That's that's where my family's from. Blood Wade, it's in your blood. <clears throat> yeah, so ideally, I think probably man, probably 20 years from now, I'll I'll see if I can go back there. Dang, you're like one half chapter president over there, blood quantum, but for politics. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What about you, Antonio? What, what, if, if you ran for delegate? I'd probably be Shiprock. Yeah, that's where my family's from, but I've only spent summers there um, and not that many summers. So I don't think I'd actually run. But if I had to choose, definitely Shiprock. <laughs> no, I, I, for me, I'd, I'd have to run for like Tunnelia. Like it'd be the council delegate position east of uh tuba city cody what is it um i'd probably run for yumbato around the area but then um i haven't lived there long enough i'm more it's kind of weird but like 
I'm in Inlot, uh, Bahalin area, so I think I probably know more people in Bahalin than I do in my <laughs> own community. So they're gonna be like, "That he's just a cheat in-law or something like that." I know someone's gonna start like saying some stuff. I just mm-hmm. see him over there, at sports page doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think you'd win though, to be honest. If four of us get on it, that's one sixth of the council. Whoa. Yeah, see, should do it. From a little alliance. I know Seth Damon's uh, in Bahana, and he went like un, un uh, challenged this past election. Like he was just the only one on the ballot. Yo, you can actually Ooh, take over because he's stepping down. Maybe I should. He's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The no, the pay sucks. So I don't want to become a council delegate. Well, that's why you don't do it for the pay. You do it for the people. That's I don't right. know. If, just uh, sell your knives. You'll. Up. Chapter. You'll have a larger, you'll have a larger platform to sell knives. <laughs> Dang. Re- referring to what Antonio said, uh, Cody's just too bougie for that kind of salary. He's like, I need to double I it. I'm a lawyer now. Oh, uh, I'm about to be a lawyer. If it's not seven figures, don't even look at me. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. I was talking yeah. to a, a council delegate Carl Slater about like trying to live on that type of money, and I was like, God, this sounds kind of terrible. I don't know. He was like, I didn't take anything because I was just trying to uh, live on like the living or the wage that they give him. And I was like, damn, that sounds, that sounds gnarly. It sounds hard. Well, what, so that, what it, yeah, I thought it was, um, so what I thought it was around 40,000 and then every meeting you go to, you get several hundred bucks. Um, and yeah, if you have a bunch of different chapters, you can get somewhere around 60, 70 grand. Yeah, I think, I think for what he was like kind of referring to is like, he didn't really do like the gas money and stuff like that um, for travel and whatnot. But he said after a while, it started to stack up hours and everything like that. He's like, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to live on that that amount of money. And I was like, I kind of think personally that the president, even the president's um, salary is pretty low for a president. So I think they should probably increase it for presidents. That's why I probably won't run for president either. Cody Can't just doesn't me. Cody just doesn't want to go to meetings. So fuck it. Damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Can make Terrible. it $600 easily in a month just going to each of those chapter house meetings. Just, just go. I'll sleep. Just wear sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be all crashed out and sitting there. Just hire an oh, LDA. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that goes into our discussion about um, Navajo election. You know, I, I would be curious to just hear people's thoughts on, you know, whether it's the presidential results or the, the council delegates. I've been sitting on my thoughts for a while, but I, I can wait because I've like rehearsed it so many times with people that I've called. Wait, do you want to take a crack? All right, I'll begin it. The uh, least qualified. So... Hey, just kidding. <laughs> the, the least qualified person here. Uh, this is this is so I would probably speak from like a general kind of general person you know in the reservation is i think in in, in, you guys can comment on this but in a way the navo presidential election was predicated on personality and i'm not too sure if a lot of us took inventory on their actual views on how things work Uh, but i could say this is that when antonio and i did interview uh, both Boo and Jonathan, I, I'm i not leaning either way because you can tell Boo thought a lot about what what his position on 
uh, on certain subjects. You can tell that he's educated, right? But on the other hand, you can tell Jonathan is speaking from experience. So you got somebody here with a lot of passion that's coming in young, that's coming in with a lot of uh, educated, I wouldn't say guesses, but has a lot of educated ideas on, you know, what would work better or, you know, what type of improvements or developments can happen in the Navajo Nation. But you also have Jonathan, on the other hand, who's been in the presidency for four years and vice president four years prior to that. So you can tell this guy is talking from experience when he talks about things. So he's not over-promising what his campaign was going to do uh, if reelected. He just wanted to continue the plans. At least that's my perspective on what, you know, what I observed through recording him. Um, so that's all I have to say for now. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good, good point, Wade, about the personalities playing a role in the election. I've been doing a lot of research leading up to that interview we did. And I had watched the debates that they had done at uh, NTU, and I forgot where the other one was located, but Boo spoke primarily in Navajo, and I, I, re- I don't speak Navajo, unfortunately, so I couldn't really follow along with what his uh, arguments were, but the other one where he spoke more English, I really felt like Jonathan had a deeper grasp of the issues. With that said, Boo, I think, is a unifier. Uh, I think he's somebody that can inspire a lot of people. I think Jonathan is great in um, in that those terms, but I feel like Boo is on just like another level. I don't feel like we've had a uh, a president like that in a really long time. I'm re- I'm interested. I'm excited to see how he's gonna be as like a president. Um, and I know like you don't have to. To me, I'm a nerd when it comes to politics. I think it would be better for um, our elected officials to know the ins and outs of, of um, the Navajo Nation government. Um, even having like that fresh voice, uh, that fresh perspective, I think is, uh, is special. I, I agree with like the kind of like personalities. You know, like I think it was definitely a race of personalities. Um, you have Boo, who's very charismatic very young you know appealing to all a lot of people i think the funniest thing that i saw a lot was like i think the usual rhetoric of everyone like after you know trump and the the swamps you know how you say that he's gonna get rid of all the people in the swamp or drain the swamp um but there's a lot of navajo rhetoric i guess about the like the government and how corrupt it is and whatnot so I think when Boo was kind of talking about how he's going to change a lot of things, it appealed to a lot of people like he's going to be doing a lot of stuff. And Nez is kind of like old news, you know, he's just going to keep his uh, his crooks or, uh, you know, uh, his cronies in there and whatnot. And I I think it was kind of funny, like or kind of interesting to see like all the uh, all of the major opponents literally endorsed boo because i think they have some beef against nez <laughs> i just i just think that they just have some weird personal beef and all of them are like yeah we're not gonna go we're not gonna go hit with his way but i also would have liked to see my good buddy chad abeta shout out chad we went you know him and i went on um 
to undergrad with each other. And it would have been interesting to see how he would have handled it. So, you know, with Boo, I'm interested to see how um, his administration is because I haven't really heard anything from the grapevine about like about who's going who he's going to appoint for division directors or directors or anything. So it's going to be really interesting to see who he appoints, because I think with Nez, he was just going to keep it the same for a while um, from what I heard. So I don't know. He's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think if uh, if Nez was going to keep the same division directors, that would probably be the right call because getting them in place takes forever and you have to get it through council. If the council's not going to work with you, it's just, it's a pain. But uh, I, I wanted to also add, we probably all are messing up our chances at being division directors, um, at least under this administration. <laughs> trying to try to bring back my, uh, my resume uh, to Boo. I think um, going into the interview, I had uh, wanted to create a scenario that showed the best of both candidates and that helped people feel some confidence in whoever they voted for. Cause like, it, it's not Republican Democrat on Navajo where it's super partisan, um, like we're one people. So I feel like we should really rally behind whoever our leader is. I mean, that's, that's the ideal. Um, and if that's not going to actually do the case, whatever, um, I, I think that's what we should be striving towards. I think um, that interview that we did with Boo, I really was pleased with a lot of his responses. I think he did a great job uh, in, in answering some tough, what I thought were some tough questions. And I liked a lot of his responses. There are some I really didn't like, especially... Oh, no. what he said about climate change. Um, what did he say about climate change? He he basically said that it's not his, well, he said it's not his priority. Um, I, that's the question I asked him and that it's not something that we need to- That sounds about. a lot like Joe Shirley. I mean, I asked Jonathan the same question, a similar question. And he's talk, he spoke about the, the solar farms that Navajo Nation has developed and is developing. And I also- after speaking with Boo, he he kind of talked shit about um, trying to build like an electric vehicle charging station on Navajo. And like, that was a waste of time. If you look at nationally what's happening, like the whole economy is shifting from combustible, combustible engines to electric vehicles. And so it's not like we have to, like we, we are going to choose this. It's like, it's happening whether we want it or not. So we need to be prepared for that. And for like, Boo to just dismiss it outright, I don't think was, um, I, I just feel that shows a little bit of ignorance, but I, I also think that, you know, if he had time to think about it, if we got to um, have this discussion, um, like during the interview, because I didn't bring this up to him, because it didn't occur to me until after it ended. But like, if he got to think about it, I, I would hope that he would change his mind about that. Yeah, I mean, it's really important. And I think there's there's some other things I can talk about, but I'll. Um... He, you know what? That I think that goes back to what Cody was talking about. Sort of the spirit of of this. Not to say it's it's like Trumpish, but to to kind of go with the spirit of riling up your your supporters, and I think in a way him, you know, saying, "Well, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on immediate concerns." Our people have have needs, 
and we shouldn't be thinking about these other things. That's that's very easy bait for somebody who wants instant immediate gratification in societal changes or at least meeting some some needs but that wasn't really answering the question right it was because you know going changing our our energy resources and such as combustible engines being into you know going into uh, electric vehicles these are long-term things that we're wanting to explore with our with our leader that doesn't mean that you don't have to focus on immediate, you know, immediate needs for the people. I think he dodged it in a way that would, you know, keep the momentum of some of the supporters he had. And I hope that's not discrediting his his thoughts or discrediting, you know, his his platform. But I think that's what what happened uh, during his interview. Let's have Marley do a mic drop moment right now. Uh, no, I mean, I have nothing. I, I think a lot of what you're saying is very uh, useful for me because I, the last time I looked at Boo's platform, I wasn't really impressed. It, it, not that impressed that like for a lot of the clout that people were giving him, his platform was pretty much the same as any other. Like accountability stuff was just like, oh, we're going to digitize records. I'm like, that's it? Like, I mean, you, you got to give us a little bit more than that. Um, and, and I think that's the what you mentioned, and I, I think the hint of like the issues of running for presidency is that people offer these large scale plans of like, I'm going to change the world. You know, I think it's we need to be humble in our approach to presidential politics and be like, look, I'll be honest, I'm going to just try to get one good economic development plan and just keep us above water. Anyways, I mean, but I think that's also the expectations of like Navajo constituents. Anyways, kind of going back to this conversation we had earlier. Um, and that I think fits in with kind of the way I was thinking about it was this idea of like authority deriving from like charisma or authority dividing from, or gosh, sorry, I'm all fucking slurring, uh, authority coming from institutional <laughs> knowledge. And I think that's the, that's how I see the, the, um, two candidates is boo is more of this charisma and I, yeah, he's a very charismatic person. You know, he knows how to utilize Navajo aesthetics, uh, traditions, and you know the way he talks especially with like these debates you know he knew how to like use his voice uh that was very reminiscent of like politics before nez um so kind of going back to that old way of speaking and uh enunciation and and and, and flow uh, and rhetoric but what's lacking is like an institutional knowledge for me is more important because institutionally the navajo nation needs for the way that the institutions are arranged it takes a lot of time for things to get done for such things to happen you need like a line of people who have very similar goals following up the plans of the person prior to them you know kind of like a party system you know they don't have to be exact copies but they have to be like yeah we're going to keep these people or we're going to follow through with this plan um it always seems like they just clear the board out every four years uh, but also hints at the way navajo people vote which is like Yo, you got to get out of here. But yeah, for me, Nez represents an inst a person who has institutional knowledge. You know, they know like, okay, they don't have to give vague answers. They like, yeah, there's a solar farm. There's, um, you know, our initiative to get uh, a, a electric car, even though it's one and people were like laughing at it. But I, I think he's already acknowledging that there is a shift in the economy. There's a shift towards sustainability. And what happens if the Navajo Nation doesn't start thinking about that? You know, we end up getting left behind and no one comes to the res because we don't have any electrical charging stations you know get stuck in the middle of like monument valley 
I wanted to see four more years of Nez because yeah, he had just institutional knowledge. Did I expect him to change the world? No, but I wanted to see what would happen under quote unquote semi normal uh, conditions. You know, I think a lot of people don't give Nez um, credit for being one of the few presidents in the Navajo nation um, to go through a pandemic. But yeah, so he's battle tested. Yeah. yeah. And this, again, like I said, this is coming from me. I got blocked by Nez on Twitter. So I wasn't the most charitable, like, (laughs) you know, I wasn't out there leaving like Prez Nez, Daddy Nez. I mean, I'll be honest, after the first check, I was like, maybe he is my dad, Nate. (laughs) But yeah, so I was more leaning towards Nez. And, you know, I'm open to seeing what Boo does. I'm, I'm not surprised by the whole approach to climate change, you know, just because of the political knowledge and institutional knowledge that he has from working with certain people that I mentioned, like Joe Shirley's campaign managers and even Joe Shirley himself, that he's going to adopt those policies. Um, and that's also the other thing, too, is I wasn't really I was like, oh, no, I, I made a joke. I was like, this is going to be Joe Shirley, you know, junior, junior. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I think I'm going to be less critical and. It still sounds like I'm trying to get a director's job. <laughs> hey, hire me. No, but like, yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I'm feel free to push get back a, on anything I say too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I used to work for um for President Nez when he was vice president. I don't know. After he, it just ended up really ugly, like with President Begay at the time and and Jonathan Nez and. I I ended up not having a real relationship with with President Nez for a long time until um, really recently when we tried to do um, to do uh, the interview. I I really didn't think that they would be willing to do it, um, but was glad that they did. So I, I wouldn't say that I was rooting for him um, to win, but. Yeah, in the the research that I had done for the interviews, um, it was just really clear to me that he he had the institutional knowledge, um, and Boo, who's really intelligent, I think he'll do a good job. <laughs> Trying to get that director job. <laughs> you know, speaking speaking of charisma, uh, I know that by this time, uh, Jonathan seems a little bit monotonous just because we've seen him so long, but when he was fresh that was charisma, right? Like in the context of other politicians, that was, he was charismatic in, in comparison to the rest of the, everybody around him. And now he's, we're a little desensitized to his character, but he, he did have charisma. And I think that did carry him in, in some capacity. That's true. He, he actually, when, when we were cool, he was really cool to work with. I, I did like working with him. Hey, I was going to be like, yeah, tell us some, uh, spill the tea on the administration. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> Is it true they fought in the parking lot? Yeah. They oh. it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there for that. Uh, we, we went to like one of the tribes that live in the Grand Canyon. And I didn't know how we were going to get there. I just like was told to come. And like, you know, I thought it was going to be like a little run we're going to have to do. And it ended up being like a run all the way into the canyon and a run all the way out and he was like basically carrying me out towards the end because you know he's an ultra runner at the time he was like in really great shape and uh i, I was in my opvp shape that's an uh, extra 20 pounds for the time being hey. <laughs> i was gonna say nez just saved you dang i wonder i wonder they should have like an actual race like nez versus boo and see who would win 
I think I think Nez has probably that old man strength, and he can just whip that out anytime, <laughs> dude. Boo might pull out a skateboard, and I don't know. I I do appreciate this insight because you know I, for a while I know I, I if you I mean people who've listened to the podcast know what my stance was. It's it hasn't changed. You know, being more mature and, and trying not to be so critical and, and trying to be more productive has been my way of seeing things. And like I said, I'd be curious. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and you know, I'll own up to it. But I'm I'm glad to hear from both of you because you know, little Chase, yo, I mean, I you know, I kind of skipped over this. I was curious, like, what do y'all do at Little Chase? I I totally just like forgot to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, Antonio, what do we do? Wait, I don't know how to answer this. You. You go for it. Uh, so it, it's not, I, I think to answer this, it's not so much what we do, but, or what do we do, but how we started to do what is called Little Chase now. And Tony and I, we met through a mutual friend named Seth and he he introduced us. And Tony and I used to just hang out just by ourselves. Uh, and he had all these books. So I, I started looking through the books one night and there was a lot of like Native American books, a lot of Native politician books and in uh, <clears throat> Vindalore Jr. And we started talking about this. This became just like just our normal hangout of like talking about these kind of indigy political topics. And and, you know, we just <laughs> the, the podcast doesn't see this, but these guys are writing some dirty stuff in the chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, don't be telling but, them what we write in the chat <laughs> <laughs> so, so well anyway um we just decided because because antonio had a camera and we're just like let's just record it and just see how it looks it looked funny for a moment but we just decided just why don't we just try this it turned out to be the first videos that you see on our youtube page and uh it's something that i think we both have passion for is to try to uh, consolidate not so not so much large historical points of indigenous history but just kind of just condense it and make it palatable for people just to kind of ingest it for the day you know yeah and i um i guess to put it clearly like we we produce videos about uh, native american issues and i um when i'm doing research i always look at youtube because that's just the way my brain works like audiovisual um, seeing a video is is really helpful for um, for things to just be uh, become more clear to me. And I would YouTube issue like like things about Native Americans, and there just wasn't much that I could really um, really find. Even less that I could find that were made by like actual natives. So um, the idea behind it was just to uh, to start writing about about Native American issues and trying to uh, educate people. And we, um, we did a couple of videos before I had moved. I moved back to Tucson. Wade stayed in, uh, in Fort Defiance. And it just took some time for us to get back together. But we finally did a few years back, a few years after those initial, initial videos, because we got a grant to, to uh, write about and shoot videos for um, uh, getting out the native vote. I don't want us to be like an organization that does only videos on voting, but that's kind of how it's like played out. Yeah, I think like the idea always behind it was to talk about other issues. And I, I want to do videos on water, on uh, on uranium, on housing, um, not just on voting, but yeah, for now, like that's what we have on 
um, on our resume. Your quality is really good. Like I was watching the voting one and I was like, oh, damn, like it was actually really, really nice. And most recent ones, too. I think you guys have really good quality as a creator to another creator, I guess. I'm not a cinematographer or anything like that, but I do know the the things that go into it. You know, Cody, Antonio and I were actually uh, yesterday. We were like, "What? Are, what else are we going to talk about?" We have to ask Cody about uh, Bony War Pony because I think you would, like you just said, you know, you do have a little bit of production experience. That's something that we do appreciate on our end. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to talk about production, but you know, it's something that we see and that we appreciate and that, you know, uh, yeah. want to like, I don't know, probably collaborate at some point. Oh, that'd be By the way, I'm uh, sorry, Cody. Let me just give some kudos to Wade because Wade is the, the guy behind the camera who's making it look as good as it does. Uh, he does all the editing. Should be getting paid more for uh, for the job. <laughs> right now he gets paid nothing. <laughs> but like he, he also does uh, video production for the hospital and he's moving on to uh, bigger and better stuff. Damn. But seconding what Wade said about wanting to talk to you about, about uh, Bunny War Pony. It's funny because every time I go see uh you know I'm, I'm in public there's always someone that comes up and like oh my god you're the guy from bony war pony they always say bony pony it's like no it's bony war pony you know the fucking sick guy and one time i was standing by my cousin and my cousin is the cinematographer he's the guy behind the camera gets all the nice angles like him and my other cousins they're just really good at you know like one of my cousins who's the director uh we've been making videos ever since we're really small so him and I, we always vibe. We already know what we want. Um, what, you know, I already know what he's talking about uh, just because we've um, grew up together. So, and then, uh, so one time I was standing by my cousin whose name is probably want to bleep that eyes and but what the fuck, man, you don't want to mention me. <laughs> so, but he likes to kind of be in the background of things. And I was standing right next to him. And I was like, Hey, this is a cinematographer guy. This is the guy that does all the videos. And they just looked at him and they're all, oh, hi. And then they're like, can I get a selfie with you? <laughs> so I was like, fuck, get this guy. I always laugh because everyone watches like maybe five minutes or 10 minutes of a video, but it fucking takes forever to edit it. Yeah, like that's the thing that people don't understand. Like shooting it is fucking forever too. Sometimes for like five minutes, it takes like six, eight hours. I think that's the thing is like sometimes you get really rusty and sometimes you just, everything's pretty good and then when they edit it i think we usually do it the next day or the day of or like the evening of sometimes they'll go up until three in the morning four in the morning editing and they'll be like check this out they'll be like laughing and stuff like that you know adding stuff in and then they would have like a almost finished product and then we go over there we watch it and we're like oh that's good that's good and then someone would be like oh i don't like that part so they had to go back and like re-edit it and it's so like painstakingly like long it's like you know it's kind of like one of those passions that people love and they love what to do so that's kind of like the production part of it like it's just it's just long and you you all probably understand how long it is and sometimes you don't like what you got and sometimes you mess up and then you have to reshoot it shoot it like one time we messed up the whole day and then we're like let's go reshoot it the next day and then we have reshoot shot it the next day and it was just terrible. It's like a hundred degrees outside too, as well. So, 
I don't know if you all have the same kind of um, uh, feelings or same experiences as that. It's so, dude, what you just said was so relevant. Uh, and I hope Antonio is listening to you because this guy, man, this guy cannot leave me alone after we shoot something. He always has to freaking... You guys in the podcast listening, these guys are really cheesy and their mics are off right now. But believe <laughs> me, Antonio's reacting right now because he he cannot freaking let me edit in peace sometimes. Is it done yet? Is, is it done? <laughs> or is it at? It's like he taking a nap. Right. <laughs> right. To his credit, we we always have like a really immediate deadline. So I in the accountability works uh actually marley you you've been editing podcasts i know you feel some of this pain kind of a little bit you know for the most part it's more of just i like hearing it but also giving the opportunity to cut some shit out i mean if you listen to our last episode there's some time jumps that i had to like go through because i was like ah, yeah we can't keep that in and so that does cause some things but i i do enjoy re-listening to it so i i understand it and like i said cody's pretty chill about it um that was like one long flex right there. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really bother me. I just edit, you know. You know, I was born like this, you know. Some of us just <laughs> right. really good at it. Nate. No, I mean, but all of it was just watching YouTube and I I've I've learned to appreciate some good some good audio. I, I Cody does pretty good, you know, but occasionally he'll call in with the phone and be like, damn, what the fuck? And then people will be commenting like, yo, I don't I can't hear what Cody's saying. And I'm like, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. I edit right. it best I could. So these last videos we did with the interviews for the presidents. I'm like, wait, the election is on Tuesday. We have like just a couple of days and his fucking premiere pro crashes on uh, Dude, Sunday people night. have no idea that there's a love-hate relationship with Premiere Pro. It's it's a accessible program if you have Adobe, but fuck, that thing crashes like all the time, especially when you need it. So we might be switching to DaVinci Resolve. Um. You know, I, I was thinking, hold on really quick. I had this idea, you know, I, I do, I, I do like hearing about, you know, the, the, the back, um, behind the scenes of like media production. Cause like the sprouting of like a thousand podcasts, which we're kind of seeing right now, uh, within native communities, you know, there's, I, I'm really happy to see the different type of media content. I mean, some of them a little bit more, you know, critical of, because they can be a little bit more reactionary, um, you know, trying to tap into that type of market or that right. audience. But, you know, we already have a bunch of those. I was curious, you know, you know, I was curious what y'all thought about the um, Navajo Nation uh, Council. We talked about presidential, the presidential election. And, you know, I, I think this particular new 25th Navajo Council results are, are pretty cool. Uh, you know, there's, uh, if I did it correctly, there's five men now and there's nine women which is about a third of the council delegates out of 24 there are actually eight incumbents and there are now 16 new council delegates i did a little bit of math that night most of the delegates about a half of the new delegates won by margins between zero to ten percent just based on votes and the rest were 11 to about 100 percent. and 100 percent is due to seth damon because seth damon didn't run against anybody yeah, I, I'll go first because last time I went last, I was really impressed by the fact that there's a little bit more representation. Actually, there's a lot more representation on the um, delegate scene, you know, in terms of gender. 
I, I'm pretty excited to see that. Friend of the podcast, um, Crystal Littlebin ran against Carl Slater and lost by like 46 votes. So that was like a really close like uh, margin. And, you know, I think I was pretty happy for her, the fact that she ran and she got that close. And, you know, just based on what she was telling me about her platform and a lot of people seem to really resonate well with it, I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, for my own particular council delegate was Paul Begay, I think did all right. You know, a lot of my family members were pretty in support of him, uh, but he ended up getting replaced by, I think, Helena Begay. I'm curious to see what this new legislative branch will do and to see how different they uh, govern and to see what kind of policies are enacted. Uh, but also, I think it's a good like case study to see like, okay, we know that gender and patriarchy is an issue in the Navajo Nation. What's going let, let, what's gonna to happen now when one-third of council, which is, in my opinion, the more important of elections when it comes to like president versus council. I'm I'm happy with the results because Leonard Sosi didn't win. <laughs> and I have like beef with Leonard Sosi. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I told people in this podcast, but... I want to hear about this. Uh, okay, if, if I'm repeating myself, you can skip this part. But uh, he was on the Navajo Nation government... Uh, reform that task force task force 24 26 there's so many of them he was like proposing regionalization again you know me and at me i was working at dpi at the time and i was just like oh okay let's go there and we you know we did surveys which you know have some usefulness to gauge as to see how the public feels about it a lot of our results deemed that people didn't know about it or didn't support it we met up with this government entity you know it's like all right we're going to just tell them our results as we're like talking about it, we, you know, shake hands, the interns there, you know, I was like, okay, so here's our data. We slide them a little thing we wrote up about a couple pages of results, graphs, you know, what our figures and, you know, just a conclusion about like, Hey, we don't know what you're talking about. And it seems like the public of the people we interviewed, which again, small sample, they don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, can you explain to us what regionalization is? Can you give us what you have? And I shit you not. One of the one of the members looks at Leonard, looks at the other person, and they go, and then Leonard does his little side eye and goes, like you know, like hinting, like showing the stuff. And I'm like, oh okay, like they did some research. Homie literally opens up his jacket, pulls out a pamphlet, a brochure, slides it over, and I thought he's joking. I was like, wait a minute, you're gonna try to reform the Navajo government, and this is all. I was like, is this? I'm like, okay. I picked it up. I looked at it. I was like, why regionalization is good? Decentralization, cost. Here, so and so, we can enact policies. There'll be hubs. And I was like, yo, what are what? And then I was like, wait a minute. And then my my coworker at the time was like looking at the figures, and he's like, wait, this will cost more if we do this. Like, what? You know. And the whole point was like, oh, it's gonna take away costs. It'll be better services. And I was like, do you have more stuff? Like, and I was like really dumbfounded to the point where the interns knew me. And they like looked at my face and they could tell I was like, wait, is this it? Like, this is what you're trying to like reform the government on? And Leonard was just like, well, do you have anything better? And I'm like, dude, like we have like surveys, like, you know, at least we can like point to stuff. Like you're literally just handed me a brochure and yeah. And that was it. I mean, I, Leonard said some really mean things to me, but I was also just joking at him too. And, you know, I was making him like uncomfortable, you know, I mean, just more of like re reaction jokes. Because I was just like, what, dude, why are you treating me like this? And the interns were kind of giggling and shit. Yeah, it was just really bad. It wasn't bad, actually. It was just a, a very learning moment. And ever since then, I was just like, Leonard, I, I'm glad you didn't win again.
shit can we get sued for this cody <laughs> This is okay. Can we? This is allegedly, no. allegedly. This allegedly happened. I'm gonna cover my ass. But yeah, no, so, not, not with public figures. Yeah, so that was it. I was, so when I saw him lose, I was like, "That's all I wanted." Wow. Now, now Leonard Sosie thinks Marley's a skinwalker. Damn. I, he probably thought that the moment I walked out of that room. <laughs> yep. Marley had this great idea. It was during Valentine's Day, and he made these really nice Valentine's cards that had these council delegates on there. And I, I, I posted them up. I gave them to, like, all my, like, directors and whatnot. And it was great. They had, like, Odo so, and it had a lot of, like, water rights. And he's like, I don't know, I said some funny shit. And then Leonard Tosi was on there. And I remember I, I put it on my desk. So anyone came by, got to see it. But... I didn't tell him that Marley made him. I just said, oh, one of my friends made these. <laughs> they were great. They were just great. I, I, I passed them around at work. Oh, I should double. <laughs> I should clarify that. It was for Glosh Chin, which is another thing that we were working on. It was, um, fuck, what year was it? I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. It was uh, 2008 Valentine's Day. And I put like a picture of Joe Shirley. And it was like, if you were public elected official, I would run for you. Be my Valentine, Shababe. <laughs> and it has like <laughs> yeah. Joe Shirley. I don't listen to my constituents, but I listen to my heart and it tells me it's wanting you. And it's a picture of Leonard. But the, the auto so one was my people don't need water rights, but I need you. Be Valentine. It was just it was it was I was I was really young and reckless. But yeah, that was what I was doing. So just clarification. <laughs> OK, I'm still stuck on this moment that you had with Leonard. So you were handed a brochure, right? That is supposed to. How would I say legitimize an approach to reform that he thought was valid because it was printed or that they made that they made that they made. Okay. So it was like, this is the, the definitive argument. Just slide it to him. He he'll get it. Right. 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 He'll, he'll shut up after this. It's printed. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I I was expecting like a thick folder that I'd be like, okay, I'll take home and read. Right. You know, and then he was just like, it was an, a very nicely made, a nicely folded brochure. And I was like, yo, this can't be it. And, you know, I mean, but it shows like leaders are um, influenced by outside ideas of like economic efficiency. Like it was very neoliberal in a sense that it was like, if we cut costs, we can institute an, an austerity measure and limit um, government spending by being more efficient. But at the same time, there was really no evidence that such a, a decentralization of authority would do so because it then also would challenge Navajo central authority, which I don't know, that was just really tangled. So that's why like regionalization is one of those things that's thrown out there that I'm just like, I'm less critical of it and more of like, okay, what do they mean by this? Because let's just say if I worked for the Navajo nation government, a lot of things would take time. And just because I'd be like, we got to do a little bit more research before we put this out there. Or like, we'd have to be able to defend our position with some evidence. Damn. All right, Tony, I want to hear your thoughts. Interpret what just happened. I, I'm happy he lost. I, I don't have anything specific to point to, except he was, he was always talking about himself in like the third person. <laughs> um, but wait, 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 did he really? He was like, uh, Leonard Sosi would approve this. I not No, even... he, like Sosi, like, he would just use his last name. <laughs> you know, you don't always remember what people say, but you remember how they make you feel. Every time it was just like really bad interactions, not just with me, but like other people that I was around and it was just like really frustrating. So I was happy when he lost the first time and I was happy when he lost the second time. So 
hopefully that nail is put in the coffin. Yeah, I like how I like how with me it was very specific, and yours is like not. Nah, he just got bad vibes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. I mean, since you're talking, like, what, what was your um your view of like the council delegate elections? The whole slate. Yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm really excited that we have, um, just like new people in there, more representation from women. Um, I'm really excited about Andy Nez. I I was a little torn with uh, Carl um, Slater and Crystal Linnaben because I have respect for both of them. I I, I know both of them. Um, I I'm happy that it was so close because I think that shows just that they're. They're two really great people for uh, the Navajo Nation. Maybe, maybe she should run for uh, for Seth Damon's spot. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I mean speaking on behalf of me for the podcast, so Cody might have different things. I respect both of them, and they've both been on the podcast and given you know with have been very generous with their time and knowledge. That I was like, I don't want to use the platform to side pick one another, but also at the same time, me and Cody don't have time. So if we accidentally invite one of them on. And we don't have enough time to get the other person on it would look like we picked favorites so mm -hmm. like you like you said i was very happy that both of them are very close because i like you said they both have very good qualities um of like leadership and and skill that i was like i'd be fine with whoever won yeah you know after um the dobbs decision and abortion crystal would have been put out a post that i, I don't remember off the top of my head but it was it was like wow like you um she just like really nailed it and yeah other than that i um yeah i i'm excited to see what happens but it's it's different like you know when you look at the united states and you see democrats are winning republicans are winning like you know what that means um but with navajo like we have such a diversity of thought and we're not broken up by these parties to the best of my knowledge there's not um you know you two might have more insight but there's not like a coalition um, that's built that's running like a slate of candidates that, that is starting to take over. Everyone has their different opinions on, on different things that may be like more conservative or more liberal. I think that's great, but it's also harder to see and predict what type of legislation is um, is going to pass, and and like what like changes are. Um, are gonna happen. I, I would love for us in the future to do a little more research um, for Little Chase on like the council delegate races. I mean, it, it's it sounds like a tremendous lift to go through every like 24 council delegate seat and see like what the priorities are. How are they actually like um, moving those priorities forward and and if those are really the best fit for uh, for the nation. But I think that type of coverage like from the Navajo Times or from whoever would be really incredible to see. Dang, I'll work together. Me and Cody will be your anchors. We're, we're live at uh, Yumpito, and uh, we're interviewing the new council delegate. People say you're Skinwalker. Is that true? <laughs> I agree. I think that kind of coverage would be amazing, that type of media presence. Um, and it's it fits into what I want to do eventually in the future, but you know, just I'm still planning on what that looks like, and if I can find a grant, that would be great. I was going to say, there's, there's two parties. There's your anarchist, and then your chunk uncles. That's all it is. That's two parties in the res. They're both libertarians. Nate. <laughs> that's weird. Like that'd be funny if like 
I, I don't know. Every person I've come across, they're either like a hardcore libertarian where they're like pretty much an anarchist and just like leave me alone. And they're, they're like the other part of like libertarian is like, I love Trump, but I'm also like, I love like, you know, capitalism. And then they just like go back and forth. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Speaking to that party, I, I've, I've thought about it too, like having a communist party or maybe more of a socialist party that would put forth candidates that have similar or at least principles and then supporting them and, and, and providing that type of labor of canvassing and uh, building coalition building, you know, that's, I think is ripe for the Navajo government because we don't have parties. We don't have this straight party line between Democrats and Republicans. It's very like uh, heterogeneous. You know, it's going to suck. Um, if we have really competent leaders, we're not, we're not going to be able to make any memes of them anymore. It's going to be really boring. Damn. Damn. Fuck, he's all, yep. I, the thing I like about sucky leaders is I can make memes. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can laugh about it. It actually gives us something to talk about. But imagine if everything went like smoothly. You're like, yeah, you know, life is great, but it's kind of boring. Like, I wish someone would just like cause some drama or something like that. You know, I, I did want to I did want to bring this up to you guys. The the memeability of leaders does it matter for public relations? Sure that the uh I'll give an example, right? So the the meme of Boo's uh, election or uh, uh, candidate signs are like, oh, if the win if the win is is not taking down Boo's signs, maybe he'll like he'll stand strong or something like that, right? And uh, a- a- another example is like uh, New Mexico candidate Mike uh, Mike. What was that dude's name? He's like a Republican, Ron Chetty. Yeah. And everybody's making memes like he he doesn't put green chili on his burrito. He's not good for New Mexico. And mm. like he Sorry. he like he lost and potentially the just the influx of memes about him had probably affected, you know, potential voters, right? I'm just wondering on your guys' thoughts on the meme ability of a leader or a, a, a potential leader. And does that matter? Because I, I do feel like the memes of Jonathan Nez in the past four years, they weren't disparaging. They were in a way kind of like, he's a good sport, right? He's not, he's not going to get hurt about this. It's, you, you can tell that he's going to, he, he's not going to like make some, some public posts about, hey, stop making fun of me. You know he's a good sport, and it kind of adds to his already established character as a leader. As a fellow meme, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marley. You know, I think about the day that I might run for office, and I think about like the people will just probably vote for me just because you'd be like, it's that fucking sick guy. That's why I'm gonna vote for him, which is kind of nice. I think right, about that right. all the time. I was actually going to defer to you and Antonio because you worked in the government, you know, you heard what people were saying and Antonio was in the president's office. Yeah. I I haven't thought so much about the memes and whether that's um, a good thing or a bad thing, but I do remember I took this photograph of um, president Begay when he was wearing, walking through a parade and somebody handed him like, a dinosaur like mask and he he was having a he was having a good time man and you know like these politicians they're like they're people and 
that like you might see them in a certain light but they're you know they're people that are trying to just live their lives he puts on this mask and it was a really great shot I, I took the photo posted it like the next day I see this meme that said like when you know you're extinct but you still want to party <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I don't know like did I fuck up there like did like because I want to show like that he's a real person because he is but also like people can twist that and um I don't know that that was a that was a good burn I um <laughs> but I yeah I don't know I don't know how much that adds like to the discourse like is it is it okay like and that also like I think that does take away from the respect and question is like is that is that bad or I don't know. I think it's actually can be very positive in a way because like if you think about it millennials and Gen Zers utilize memes to explain things, right? Like um the utilize like infographs, they use infographs. They use a lot of social media like stuff like that, you know. So I think memes help polit politicians in a way especially if you have like the wrong chitty one like what wade was talking about they call it, like they call them wrong chitty they're like wrong for new mexico or wrong for like chile wrong for new mexico i literally thought i was thinking that i said you know i think ron chitty probably lost a lot of votes because everyone probably kind of like they just kind of clowned him because he, he's not from new mexico he's probably you know he's probably like thinks mayonnaise is hot or something like that you know right right so like everyone just ran with it and i thought it was great like i think with boo i think if boo wants to like get more votes later on with Gen Zers, um take notes now boo nay um <clears throat> definitely <clears throat> make more content for Gen Zers to use you know make funny like faces or just like stuff like when he was shooting the ball right everyone was like you know they, they love that you know and just because of that someone would be like oh you know i'll vote for him because he, he's funny or something like that so i don't know i always think about that too especially for bony war pony because i think gen zers and millennials would be like i like that guy there's like, is that a good thing like what if like leonard sosi nailed the three-pointer and everyone's like <laughs> oh he's he's a leader he's the best we have I think there's actual scholarship behind this, right? Because Von Deloria Jr. talks about humor and there, there's other people that study just Native American culture and Native American interaction. Native Americans historically tend to try to get you off your high horse, right? So anytime you're on your high horse, Native Americans, it, and we know this, right? Navajos will freaking, will, will, will grill you and roast the ish out of you if you show arrogance. But the thing is that what's interesting is that if you if you can take that and grow with it and you're you're a good sport, you can prove that you can take the joke. That's that's kind of this this cultural way of showing people, hey, I'm one of you guys, right? And you guys can trust me. So the meme ability does play in in a way of of corresponding with a lot of cultural standards that we already have. I don't know if currently if it's if it's a standard that that you know we might have a leader that's just dry as hell and but he does good work. So 
I don't know. You know I, it was just a question I was curious about. I know. I think it's a good question because it relates to the growing and in, influence of social media. I mean, as someone who's made a fuck ton of memes related to Navajo politics, I can tell you, I think it does. Um, but I think it all depends on just taking it in stride. Boo used social media well, posting pictures. And ironically, a lot of the people who criticized Nez for doing that didn't criticize Boo. Um, but I think Nez used social media to spread awareness and information as much as they came off as corny. Like we all remember the dance videos where he's like dancing and, you know, passing out shit. And right. I was like, damn, our president's got hips. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, he's moving in ways I never thought he could. I, and that speaks to more of his running ability. But, I, you know, and, and I think he wrote it in good stride for the most part. Um, and even with like the daddy Nez checks, I think he knew like, this is good. I'm, I was like, I think like Cody said, there's a, a good way to use social media. And if there's anything I've learned from being on the internet is you have to learn how to take the memes in stride. The worst thing you can do is like get really like affected by it. Is instances. I mean, like let's look, look at Elon Musk. Ever since his takeover of Twitter, people have memed the fuck out of him. And it's obvious that he's like taking these really personal and he's making brass decisions about trying to make Twitter profitable to regain his $44 billion. And it's like, nah, if you had just stayed away from Twitter and if you didn't tweet anything, the company might not be doing as poorly as it is right now. And hey, people would respect the fact that you can handle the memes that people dish out at you. And it just depends on how you take it. You can even lean into the meme. You know, like if someone made a meme about me um, being not cool, I'll figure something out. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be like <laughs> butthurt about it and be like, but yeah, no, I mean, so there's I, one I tear come down. I like that example that you had, Antonio and, and Cody, um, you know, speaking to just like people will make memes regardless. Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel like when I'm seeing I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm kind of just speaking from like what's off the top of my head. Um, and I think those are some good points about not, um, you know, not taking it personally and letting it, you know, run off you and just kind of rolling with the punches. Um, I, yeah, I guess we can just finish it. Uh, wait, did you say anything about the council delegates? I don't really have an opinion. Uh, Andy Nez is my nolly, so uh, he got my support. He's he's a great guy, man. He's a smart dude. I, we have we had plenty of conversations uh, back in the day, and he's a leader. So we need more people like that. He's he he comes from a background of being um, how would I say it? Uh, you know, the, with the whole Danette Pride stuff and him creating a safe space for the lgbtq individuals and that's 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 a task all its own the fact that he's done that successfully and that he has a a yearly you know uh a yearly celebration for the community that's wild and he's he doesn't seem exhausted you know other people go oh i gotta do this i gotta do that he you can tell he has joy when he does certain events when he's organizing he, he's a phd now um i did read a piece of his dissertation um prior to his phd candidacy and he's it blew my mind what he was going for so 
Um, we need more people like that, man. And and I don't know too much about the other, you know, the other uh, chapters and their representatives. He gives me hope that there are more people. There's more people, young people that are out there that are ready to, you know, be leaders in, in a certain way to add to the community. Cody, what, what what's your thoughts? I don't think you've said anything about the council delegate election recently, the 25th. I'm all mad. Nay, hey, LT didn't get elected. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that I think women are really changing that rhetoric, which is great because like May's all looking at me. She's like, "Bring fucking say it's great." Nay, hey. you know, you you went from Linda Lovejoy, uh, who was running for president, and then this time around, even for the running, even the people that are running for president, uh, there was a huge amount, like a huge amount of women as well. You know, Ethel Bratch actually made it pretty far. And then you had the council delegates where, you know, a, a huge portion of them are women as well. So it's like, it's kind of, it's it's like kind of interesting to watch because, you know, there's that uh, uh, Diné Marriage Equality Act that's going through right now. And I think Eugenia even said something that was kind of like drop, mic drop. She was like, why isn't, you know, the, for the traditional marriage, like a man has to, uh, you know, bring forth a, a house and all these other things, like be, you know, be able to provide. How come that's not like in in law? You know, uh, if we're gonna talk about traditional marriages, it's gonna be pretty cool to see um, more LGBTQ people uh, running as well, like in the later years. Um, and I'm I'm really interested to see how council actually does a lot of makes a lot of lead way because you know um, we get so used to um, shitty ass dudes that are council delegates and it's gonna be really interesting to see even the drama that comes out of it because i want to like pernell right pernell holona and is in the last uh council delegate uh delegacy and then you have seth damon right before you know the elections as well so i wonder if there's going to be the same amount of drama with with ladies because i don't really see them i think they're scrutinized a lot more so i think they really they themselves um acknowledge that they have to like really walk a fine line um so they're not chastised more than you know anything they do like what you know they're chastised more than the men are so I'm, I'm really interested to see that and see what they actually do um really excited and it's like a breath of fresh air to see that many people and see that many uh, women as well, because it's it's just like like an old record, broken record player, player um, for council delegates. So I don't know. Other other uh, podcasts might disagree, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think I I also like for sure when I was doing a lot of this thinking through, you know, to be super like vulnerable and transparent to our listeners. You know, that was the one thing that came up too. Is like okay if I'm going to analyze this council delegate, I need to be aware of my preconceived like notions of like patriarchy and my assumptions that I held. And and I think Cody points out the thing that I came to realize, which was like, these are leaders who are open to scrutiny, but they're also uh, seen as women in, in the, and they present as women intentionally. Um, and so, you know, I have to be careful about my own, like, oh, am I scrutinizing them just because they're women uh, that I think a lot of the times people don't, consider they just like oh they're a leader i'm just going to scrutinize them and that's something i had to think about and i even spoke to my partner i was like yeah like if i'm going to do this i want to be do it in a fair 
way that it's easy to critique Navajo men and then assume that you can critique Navajo women the same way, uh, uncritically um, looking at your uh, uncritically looking at your own assumptions, especially if we're like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a man, you know? So that's something I, I was thinking about, you know, leading up to this new council is like, okay, how do I criticize the actions of this council that I don't agree with? Uh, but also at the same time, don't just, you know, hide my criticisms um, under the fact that they're leaders, you know, which I think a lot of people do. Um, it's something I used to do. And I was like, shit, and I, I, I don't want to do that. So, you know, that, that's something I think is, is useful for our listeners. If they're, they're thinking about like this upcoming council uh, of like, hey, you know, this is a time where we can be unabashedly misogynistic uh, just because they hold positions of power. So I do, I do think about that. I often, there are people that I know of that see this as an opportunity to bash women um, because they're in power. You know, it's something I'm, I'm just going to have, I, I have to like be very self-reflective on each time I, I think through these questions of, um, of, of Navajo governance. That was deep. I, I think, uh, I know this is probably a whole different topic, but Navajo men who grew up in the 90s, there's a lot of like deconstruction that needs to happen because we we almost inherited this quasi western worldview you know of how to view people and how to view other you know how to view gender and how to view uh power structure and um and not only that but you know our sunny boy syndrome kicks in every now and then of like oh i know better you know i i know i know what's going on and you know it, we become critical of the wrong people. We become critical of things that deserve to be analyzed fairly. So I agree with that. So guys, I, I'm going to have to head out right now. Dang. I was going to, it was going to have you finish off the last th question you, uh, about oh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So you had this uh, thing and I, I wanted you to elaborate and it'll, it'll be the final thing we end on, which is we'll fucking All sick right. duo run against the little Che duo in the Damn. future. I mean, what, what were you trying to do? Were you trying to start beef? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so uh, if I'm not mistaken, I was listening to one of the fucking sick podcasts, and you guys played with that idea of running. It was, I think it was really briefly, you guys just mentioned it, but it wasn't like you guys didn't dig into it that much. Tony and I had, and Tony and I actually had the same sort of kind of like just idea of like thinking about, shoot, are we going to run someday? And given those two things, right, given given the fact that I heard you guys talk about it and given the fact that Antonio and I mentioned it before, there is a real world possibility we're going to be face to face in some election. Am I wrong? Uh, the, those fuckers are liars. They're not even good. <laughs> <laughs> They're fake news. Little Chase, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean um cody do you and i want to really quickly go through that because I, I i do i think it's a possibility i mean you know we play with it a lot hey there's the baby um i guess the tricky thing is like cody would you be president or would you be the vice president i'm flexible either way but i figured you know what would you choose i'm gonna be a peace chief while you were chief <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh ward up a battle of words um i yeah i guess i mean <laughs> I'm fine with either way. I wouldn't mind being, I think strategically I would make Cody the president and I would be the vice president, but I would be like, I would know what to, I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty good like character person when it comes to doing like 
vice presidents things, you know, be like, hey, I'm gonna go kiss this baby, you know, cut the ribbon for this small business, you know, and then plan something. Um, but I think, yeah, if we had to take seriously running, if like seriously, I would choose Cody to be the vice president. Or no, sorry, Cody to be the president. Damn, because he has the personality. Hey. He has. He can speak Navajo. Um, but also at the same time, he's probably more likable. I mean, I've said some shit, and if you like go through my social media, you'd be like, yeah. So I think it makes more sense that Cody be president and I'd be vice president. I think uh, Marley's all just hyping me up. Marley's really good at like being an ambassador. I think you know, that's what VPs do. Uh, if we did run against each other, I think whoever made it, we'd probably just be like, yeah, I give them my 100% like support, even though like spoken, spoken like a true peace chief. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a uh, there's always these two wolves inside of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking sick duo. Another one's little chase duo. You know? They're warring <laughs> against each other. It's dialectical. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I'll pitch it back to you guys. Like, who do you think would be VP and who, who do you think would be president? I would definitely be whatever Jonathan Nez was in his vice presidency. I would be like, JMI again? All right, let's do it. Let's go every yeah. week. Let's go. You, you drop like 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I'll be whatever Jonathan Nez was, dude. Every JMI, you'll see my face. Every freaking, every freaking cookout, I'll just show up and be, hey, I'm here. The VP. And I I'll I, let. I, I won't eat the cookies. I'll eat the salad. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture of me. Are you, and are you cool with that, Antonio? I'm cool with that. I'll be president. Fuck it. Fucking spoken like a leader. Knee. Fuck it. I'll right do there. It. Fuck quote, it. quote it. That's that's his headline. I'll yeah. I'll be president. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'll be president. Fuck it. My platform is fuck it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys were to run, I think that for me, I need at least five to ten years of experience within the, the tribal government. What do y'all think? Like, do you think the same thing as well? Or basically I'm saying, what do you plan on running so we can run against you? Antonio already, already has that experience. He's been he's been working in uh and you you had Marley, you had Marley working in the tribe too. So uh, I was private sector. No, you're just kidding. <laughs> so we're good, man. We can start, we can start this next coming election. Just adopt the Antonio first. Fuck it, I'll do it next time. <laughs> You, you know, know what, what happened with someone we interviewed, Boo? Fucking Wade's like, oh, yeah, we're going to run against you. <laughs> and you see him tighten up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're you coming know, for you, old man. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that, like, I low-key kind of want to run, like, while I still can, I don't know, do some comedy just for the hell of it, just to be like, yeah, I ran for president, you know, just like that Russell Means kind of like, running for president and i just kind of think that like i don't know that'd be kind of hilarious to to do that and see what people really like it, how many votes you would actually turn out and if you actually win that'd be cool but then you would have to have a plan nay I, I, right similar to that i was gonna say i would do it i thought about doing it for fun like satire and have a documentary follow me uh because my partner her uncle ran and they made a documentary at morona he's very insightful with a lot of politics um, who really influences the way I think about it. But yeah, I, I thought about doing that. Now I don't think I would do it because it's too 
important. I got a kid and, you know, people are not taking me serious, but I feel like I could use it as an opportunity to show like the humor in Navajo politics, but also at the same time, how shallow it can be. Like I try to offer critique through the humor. That's yeah. If you don't, um, if you don't pull that off, that's just a nihilistic attempt. I'll just look like an just... asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, what's up with that dude? This is how we can collaborate with a uh, little chase and bunny war pudding. You know, uh, the Ukrainian president was like on a sitcom about him running for president, and then he actually ran. <laughs> you can do that. It'd be like yeah. a like a Navajo Borat, like you know, just, just <laughs> like just make it outrageous as much as possible. Like just go up there and be like, "I'm gonna change everything," and then they'd be like, "What are you gonna change?" But everything is all like that's your whole thing. You want a road? I'll give you a road. And everyone's like, yeah. And then when you actually win, you'd be like, so where's my road? And like, oh, uh, about that. <laughs> it, it was right. literally, it would be like Frankie Davis. Like, I I love Frankie yeah. Davis, but it would be that kind of rhetoric. We're just. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I, I uh, wanted to ask one question because you mentioned, Cody, the Dene Marriage Equality Act. Which, I don't know. Do we have time? Will you marry me? Hey, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. I, I'm I'm fine. I mean, I, I was just like Wade had to go, but I'm cool saying if you if Wade you need to go. All, well. all of us have kids. All right, guys. Hold on, hold on. I I do want I do want to give give some praise to you guys. I, I've really enjoyed the Wish Stand podcast. Really enjoyed you guys talking on the fucking sick podcast. We need to do a a philosophical centric episode at some point either on the win and reason podcast or you guys podcast or the wish damn podcast Let's it's it. important philosopher kings need to come back and this could be this could be the start of it my well, fuck those my, philosopher kings i'm anti-monarchy hey, hey, <laughs> hey mark that's no, kidding i actually have a i graduated the other day i was looking at my undergrad degree i graduated no uh, but um i was like <laughs> graduated so I looked at it and then I was like, oh, hey, I grant I graduated with the Magna Cum Laude for philosophy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so emphasis on the cum. Good. You're just kidding me. <laughs> See, this is where it gets rated R. And I'm just kidding. Mag Magnum Cum Cum Laude. <laughs> so, do it. So, do it. All right. Do you have to get uh, going, Wade? I do. I do. Right. Get going. We're definitely sorry to, to dip, sorry to dip out. It's all Appreciate good. you guys. I'll wait, I'll Peace. Bye. Now that Wade's gone. You're, wait, you're in Gallup right now, Cody, right? <laughs> yeah. Are you in Gallup? Yeah. Though These two dudes are in Tucson. Yeah. It's kind of weird how like that Wade that, that played out. <laughs> yeah. We could start our own podcast. We'll Damn, be we, a little, yeah, we'll little sick. Little yeah. sick. <laughs> what we need to do is actually... Antonio runs, I run as Antonio's vice president, Cody runs, and then Wade runs as Cody's <laughs> vice president. Damn. So there we both go. win in the long in the long term. <laughs> switch. Sorry, Marley. We'll, all right, we'll boys. Wade. Peace. All right, see you, Wade. All right. All right. Go ahead, An An Antonio. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how the next few months play out with the Dene Marriage Equality Act. Cause um I saw that it just got through Navi. And uh, basically, Navi is, I, I don't know too much about the Legislative Council, but I feel like once it goes through there, it's basically going to be about the same votes. Um, so if it gets through Navi, it's likely going to get through the council. If that happens, it'll go to the president's desk. And I'm wondering what he's going to do, because we interviewed both of them, and they both gave the same answer, 
on how this would have to go to referendum um and then what's happening i don't know is it is it going to go to referendum with this act or is it going to legalize it do you know cody i i feel like it might go referendum but once they do that i feel like heteropatriarchy is too influential right now um and gen zers and millennials are not as like registered to vote as the older people are and i think that might be a it's gonna be a close call but i feel like right now navajo society is still not as open i think that it it might be political uh i guess political suicide for for a president to sign off on it that's why they said referendum because they're trying to appeal to the older right the older voting block that believe that you know the lgbtq um shouldn't have you know um a marriage act or the your trump uncles that think that you know they shouldn't have marriage act like that and then they're trying to appeal to also the the anarchist or the liberals that want the marriage act and will actually go out and vote for it so i think if they were to sign off on it they might lose a lot of their votes and that's why they kind of go to that but to be honest i maybe nez maybe nez will just pull through before he's out of office and just sign off on it so, i mean it's it's sign off or veto it and I, if he vetoes it that's also going to rub a lot of people off the wrong the wrong way I mean, he might just not care anymore and just be like, no, my last F you, nay. nay. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Marley? Ah, you know, that's a good question. Like, uh, okay, so last time we talked, okay, so he lost. So he has really no reason to to curry favor with anybody um, unless he feels like he can run again. Oh, I really can't say. I mean, I, I think it's because he lost that I, it throws it up in the air for me. Versus if he won, I feel like I'd be, I, if he won, I would have said that he probably would have been in favor of it, but it would have been like, we're going to turn it into a referendum. But I think now, I don't know. I, I actually, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I think he's a decent person and he'll allow it to go on. And then once it's out of his hands, he's like, it's not my deal anymore. Or he might be, he's a fuck it. It's your problem now, boo. The, you know, you got to figure this out. Um, which I guess if it, you know, blue says he's in favor of that. So it could be a good thing. I, I just can't imagine him vetoing it. I, I mean, no, so, he, so the, sorry, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. The thing is they, um, they both said the same thing. I asked like, would they support, um, like uh, a legislation to repeal the Dine Marriage Act. And they both said that it needs to go to the people. Um, oh yeah, then the, the, they're just gonna do that then. I might so have missed think, that. Uh, you think Nez would veto it? I don't think he, I, I'm going out on a limb and hoping that he won't veto it. And that's, I could be wrong. And it's just because I feel like he can't be that much of an asshole. And if he is, then I'm like, okay, good. It's probably good that you're out of office then. Um, but I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna support it. Fuck. Yeah. It's all like. It's all like six months later. I was wrong. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> I, was wrong. I was right. All right. Well, I gotta get going. Um, it was all good. Right. It was good having y'all on. We definitely should do this again, and you know, start figuring out future collaborative projects. I, I, I'm intrigued. You know, it's something that I want to do. You know, I'm uh, kind of thinking for win and reason that'd be cool to do god is red that one's highly philosophical as well and 
I need to read there's, that book. There's Spirit and Reason that's pretty good as well. And it talks about how like native stories are used to make sense of the world, but a lot of scientists don't like it because they say it's too metaphysical. But they know, keep an eye out for that. We got a we got a collab with Wind and Reason. We'll read one of Vine Deloria's books. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. Won't All be right, nasty. Yeah. We right. promise. They... Well, we'll, right. we'll read 50, Fifty Shades of, of Grey, the Vine Deloria edition. <laughs> like Fifty Shades of Red. Each shade for each spanking. I look to be spanked. Right. Right. I'm going to leave on that note. Okay. I was going to say, I, I was going to, I was like that because, like, I feel like that's a Kami like reference. Fifty Shades of Red, like Marley's, definitely Marley's book. I'm not talking about communism, I'm talking about my ass every time I spanked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Think you like to look at two dogs when they're stuck together? <laughs>